change. Alright, so try to give this a go then. Wait, what, are we supposed to do the shot first? Yeah. Alright. Alright now. It's a pleasure to have you guys on the Fuck. Here we go. First ever episode. Boosh. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's actually quite nice, isn't it? Wow. Is that what Fireball tastes like? Yeah. Fireball. This episode is sponsored by Fireball. Fireball. It lingers for a bit, though. It does linger for a bit. All right. Welcome to the first ever episode of Off Record, a brand new podcast by and for young people in the music industry. My name is Ollie Backy, and today I'm joined by the one and only Ben Raynard, the pride of Yorkshire, (laughs) and Georgie Baradale, who graciously stepped in to replace a no-show at last minute. Also my lovely girlfriend. Uh, (laughs) How are you guys? It's good to have you on. First episode ever. I'm great. Great. How are we feeling about it? I'm so stoked, man. Alright, so... Why don't we start with you guys telling us a bit about yourself. Ben, what do you want to say? I'll go. Um, moved to London just over a year ago. Um, started working as a radio plugger. And basically, my life is music. So, yeah. Hey, cool. And what are you listening to this week? Um, I've just started listening to a band called Bad Wolves. Um, and they're blowing up at the moment. Um not for any original stuff, but because of a cover they did of the Cranberries Zombie. Uh, it's landed like 35 million YouTube hits in a month, just over a month. And it's pretty cool to see a cover blow up like that. Um, the reason why being that Dolores, the singer of the Cranberries, um, was meant to feature on the track. Yeah. But the day she was meant to cut the vocal, she unfortunately <clears throat> passed away. Oh shit! Oh god, that's quite deep. Um, very deep, and obviously yeah. the Cumbria is a huge, huge, huge Irish rock band. Um, and she'd agreed to feature on this track she'd ne- never ever done before. Um, so yeah, so I think I think kind of off the back of that, the band have cut their own vocal for it, and uh, consequently, it's blown up. And they're at twenty three in the global iTunes charts at the minute. And sure. um, yeah. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. Yeah, it is. Quite it's quite cool. special when that music has like a deeper undertone to make it a bit more like mystical. Yeah, exactly. Because I think otherwise it would have just been a cover. Yeah. You sure. know, but I think the, the fact that uh, Dolores had said she wanted to feature on it was mm. going to cut a vocal for it. Yeah. And then passed away on the day God. it was supposed to be tracked. It was quite, uh, quite devastating. But also uh, quite an uplifting story at the same time mm. as well because her death has kind of pushed that song back into the charts cool nice. and when did you find out about this like um I actually got sent it um by uh, um Dan at 117 Records cool. and um I hadn't heard of them beforehand um but essentially they were gathering completely organic momentum in the UK and um yeah and now I'm working on the project taking it to radio sick quite exciting that's really exciting what about you George <coughs> what do you want to say about yourself well, I'm a bit more boring than Ben. I'm a music business student at BIM, like we all are. We all are. We all are. Um, Some of us are a bit deeper in the industry than others. Yeah, being the one. You know, but we're in our final year, so just struggling through that dissertation phase at the moment. But it's so enjoyable. And what are you so listening enjoyable. to this week, George? Addy Solomon. I'm obsessed with this guy. Um, I literally came across him like probably a few weeks ago and had never heard him before and he's just bought his I think it's his deb might not be god I'm not gonna say that just in case it's not. 
Um, but it's a really cool album, so you should check it out. Cool. And where did you find out about it? I found out about it on my Spotify Discover page where I find a lot of my new music. The algorithm knows things. Yeah. It knows it you. Knows. It, it knows. It knows who you are. Yeah. It's coming to get you. Daily <laughs> <laughs> cool. Mixes are pretty good as well. Who? The Daily Mixes. Mixes. Oh, I love that. They yeah. sometimes absolutely nail it. I know. Let's right, not get too deep into that. <laughs> save that for later. Uh, personally, I yes, as it'll be this being the first episode, I'm just going to give a brief background. Uh, so I'm Ollie, 23 years old, mm-hmm. and I moved to London. This is my third year from moved from Oslo. Uh, Studying music business has been as well with Georgie and Ben. So I met these lovely people. Mm. Uh, been producing back in the day, rapped a bit back in the day. And, uh, <laughs> Wonder boy. <now> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. And uh, now I try to do various music business related. Uh, Stuff this week I've been listening to this really cool band called Krogbin or something. Oh, I don't yeah. think they're doing themselves a massive favor with <laughs> that name. They are Spanish, right? Uh, they are from Texas, oh, okay. but like obviously sure. Texas has quite a lot of yeah. Mexican influences and all that. So I think that's where they come from. They've got a really cool album out, which um, came out in January. So I feel like I'm a bit late to it, but it's called, called Con Todo el Mundo. Mm. And it's this really cool sort of blend of funk and like blues rock, which is not really my typical pick. I mean, I listen to it from time to time and I do like that music. But it's actually kind of interesting because I think this is the first like instrumental album I've listened to in a long oh, time. Cool. Like it has vocals, but they're not the driving point of this at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for once I actually found someone who isn't a rapper on YouTube. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was so surprised. Yeah, I always discover my rap music on YouTube. I think it's a great platform for that. We'll talk about that a bit later. But other music I just sort of come across and mostly probably because of Spotify. But yeah, found these guys on YouTube. I was doing some sample digging. Trying to find some shit to chop up, but obviously they're too new and too obscure to do that, so I just put it on and listen to it. All right, should we try and get into the news? I mean, that is the is the sort of purpose of this podcast, to provide you guys, you listeners, hopefully there's a lot of you out there, <laughs> with an informative but also sort of entertaining medium for you to digest what's been going on in music recently and sort of handle some topics that we find interesting. So I wanted to start off with this first one which is uh, the hack of vivo described uh, by online pranksters to face despacito and other pop music videos so earlier this week a group of hackers which i don't remember their name something probably russian uh hacked uh, one of youtube's biggest networks which is uh, vivo and altered the term music business worldwide uses defaced uh some of their top performing uh, videos and it went to the extent where the number one video on the platform, Despacito, even disappeared from the platform for a while. Other artists that were affected, Drake, Selena Gomez, Katy Perry, to name a few. What's our opinion on this? Why? I mean, yeah, that's sort of like... What? That's, that's what the, they're trying to achieve it. Yeah, but like, could we ask yourself, like, is this the music business for a cyber attack? Oh, it's the first time I've heard of something like this. Yeah. Mm. Um... But I just am yet to understand why. What are they achieving? I mean, disruption. In, what music business worldwide says is online pranksters. Yeah. So maybe it is just a prank. Okay. But it's a bit of a weird, deep prank, though, isn't it? Because weren't they like weirdly dressed with like guns and? Yeah, they were ripping this like still from a face. No, it was from a Spanish from a, TV series. Yeah, Netflix. So it's called Pretty Money Heist. Weird yeah. though. Like why? Yeah, like one of the. Uh, one of the titles, words in, in the title, Free Palestine. 
Yeah. I watched anyone listening to Justin Bieber. <laughs> Who thinks you know, like, oh yeah, yeah. Free oh, God, yeah, that's, that's pretty, we should totally do that. Yeah. Um, so maybe that was the point, just to raise awareness in free palace. Right? Well, obviously it's kind of created a little bit of a uh, little bit of noise, hasn't it? Yeah, um, definitely seems to have. I think the interesting thing about this is that this is kind of like a brand new problem. I don't really see any long-lasting damage in this instance. No. But is it cause for concern that someone in this day and age basically can alter your product and disrupt your revenue stream? Well, I think. Based on that, all of the music is based on intellectual property. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we need to make sure that it's all kind of locked down in that respect. And I imagine Vivo didn't, you know, foresee people wanting to be able to just kind of come into their back ends and deface. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come into their back ends. So <laughs> yeah, nice one that. No. <laughs> no, I get what you mean. Um, <laughs> Pun intended. I just have this sort of like sneaking suspicion that every 50 something rock manager is shaking their head in unison, going, like, This is why we never should have gone digital. Oh my god, I'm so bored about that. Like the 90s. No, I couldn't, couldn't deface a record back in those days. Oh. I mean, but you could, you, you could, could break it in half. Them, yeah. Or you could rip them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's sort of interesting because obviously, music industries kind of ran by tech giants in the mm. same age Google, Spotify, Apple you'd think that Vivo have better cyber security than this you'd think but, but then again like how good can it be how damaging is it we don't really know but should we expect more of these in the future um, I mean possibly like yeah. if, if they've done it now they can do it again it's interesting but can we like just imagine someone hacking into Apple Music or Spotify and then basically swapping out an entire album for something else yeah, I mean, not ideal. New Drake record drops and somebody's gone and switched all the audio files just saying Free Palestine. Especially, yeah, if it affects the key release. Yeah, definitely. At that, at that time as well. That would definitely be a lot more problematic, wouldn't it? Yeah. But so a video that's, well, it was the biggest video, so I think that's probably why it was targeted. Yeah. Um, but I think it could be potentially more damaging for like a release campaign if they could disrupt something at the beginning of the product life cycle yeah. Um, like yeah like someone dropping a new album or something that's a key album in the market like if people can't access it that could really affect obviously what their chart position could be doing yeah, yeah true um, very true yeah. but then again it could actually spur on a, a lot more press based off the back of that's very true actually <clears throat> yeah so maybe it's been planted so maybe someone's gonna maybe they just did this to boost some of those views for Despacito They'll get Why slow. Summer's coming around again, you know, bringing that Latin vibe back. Oh my God. Get it back into the spotlight, organize a hacking standard. That's basically a second rollout, right? We're definitely onto something. Someone else who's maybe onto something is Island Records. Uh, read this online that Island Records UK are moving into movies with uh, a movie called The Intent to the Come Up which is, uh, as the name suggests, the sequel to a previous film called The Intent. Uh, Island Records has entered into a joint venture with an independent movie distributor, mm-hmm. Vertigo, and they're releasing an up-and-coming homegrown crime thriller. Uh, I think it makes a bit, bit of sense. I think so. Yeah. yeah. What are we thinking? I mean, we've been talking about, about this for a while in some of our lectures. Um, what was the one called last year? I'm forgetting now with Andrew. Doesn't really matter that much. I know, but I want to remember the name of it. Digital entertainment. Digital entertainment commerce. commerce. We were speaking a lot about this and how, like, we were predicting that this was going to happen. So I just think it's kind of 
the first major one, and I think it's probably just going to keep happening, yeah. start happening more and more. I mean, Ireland is heavy into the sort of urban music scene. They have Crep and Conan, they have mm. Popcorn, they have Fecky, and the main protagonist of this movie is the rapper Getz, Grime yeah. legend. And that's sort of the thing is this type of movie something that only works for urban music? Or could you see sort of. I mean, there, there's done movie music crossover projects before like Hannah Montana and her magic ranch or whatever yeah, yeah. it was cold we've seen 50 cent we've seen 50 cent do some great roles yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying that was one of the things yeah. I wanted to talk about because I remember growing up on that movie and it was such a like I was such a huge 50 cent mm. fan when I was a kid yeah and that movie was like so dope to me because uh dope. it's so dope because it just enhances the brand of this like superhero rap star yeah and tells his uh, his story and I did I did have a look into it and uh, Aftermath Shady Records also sort of created a film department for that movie or maybe they did for 8 Mile there's another uh, obvious instance but yeah and sort of getting into the, can we see this happening in like pop or does it really not work because it's my idea here is that urban especially hip hop and rap music is so tied into this like story of violence and crime that it sort of lends itself to create yeah. that type of movie yeah, and true. for a record label that is is in that sort of sphere to do something like this yeah but would it sort of work if uh, Taylor Swift's uh, label put some money up for her being in a romantic comedy well Justin Timberlake does okay doesn't he yeah, yeah he does but I is that separated so. or is it I mean does his label have any involvement in that no, I imagine it's a separate entity, yeah. but that's not to say that if record labels became more experienced with this kind of thing, they couldn't get involved. You know, talent management, you know, it can cross over into a few different kind of creative outputs, music, film, this kind of thing. And that was sort of the basis of the whole 360 deal. Yeah, exactly. It was a controversial move, and for those who don't know, it sort of means that to take 360, one full circle, everything mm-hmm. that you do. Uh, the label gets a cut of the revenue which is a lot of people is criticized because they feel yeah. that sometimes they don't really make themselves disturbant of that but in this instance they it would they would have a legitimate claim to you Absolutely. know taking a cut of your movie earnings because they actually I mean would they even take cut of your movie earnings if this is a joint venture are they making money on this like well if well I'd, ima- I'd imagine so um, and I imagine they're probably supplying all the music as well yeah um, which we all know the value in sync is massive. Yeah. yeah. Let me just clarify, are there, are there artists, uh, island artists starring in the film as yeah. well? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was, I was just wanting to clarify that as well. Great. Because, I mean, there's loads of artists that are so talented that they can act, they can sing, you know, yeah, they can do all these things really well. It makes absolute sense and it, uh, you know, it looks at it from more of like a talent management perspective, yeah. which, you know, labels are having to diversify and, yeah, do all definitely. these different things yeah. it makes sense to me and then one off the top question that I didn't send you guys to prepare for is you're going to have to do it on the spot who no. is your favourite musician acting in a film what role is that in what film 
Oh my god! For me, it was uh, it was Justin Timberlake. Yeah, in what? Um, in uh, which was in the, the social network? network. Uh, not the social network. Friends all, all with that was benefits. Great. Friends with benefits. Oh, uh, really classic, fantastic. Film. I feel, I feel <laughs> like you taken mine. <laughs> Literally, I loved that film. Like I can't think of any. I can't think off the top of my head. What else do we have? I mean, eight, I think Eight Mile was great. Eight Mile is great. I mean, I when you actually watch that Mile, movie, sorry, it's I so good. Like I, yeah. we talk, I talked about this. I mentioned it briefly. That I, like I really like Get, Get Rich or Die Trying as a movie. Yeah. Then I like checked it out on IMDb and it has like six, uh, like Rotten Tomatoes. It has like sixteen percent, and oh, it's probably a bit no. of a shit movie because I was so like such a so fan. Into it. Yeah, I was yeah. so into it. <laughs> it became so enjoyable. But Eight Mile sort of holds its own as like a a respected movie. And it, he won an Oscar. Yeah, for, I, for I that soundtrack. So. Oh, I need to watch it then. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I think for me, with uh, musicians as actors, I think hats off to Keith Richards in the parts of the Caribbean playing Jack Sparrow's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's hilarious because uh, Jack Sparrow based well Johnny Depp based a lot of Jack Sparrow on Keith Richards. <laughs> um, but for me it's uh, David Bowie in uh, the Prestige Christopher Nolan film where he plays Nikola Tesla what a team up David Bowie David Bowie playing Nola. Nikola Tesla Bowie or that. Bowie that is another question I don't know nobody knows no, no one, one knows. knows actually can I just say Hannah Montana as you Hannah mentioned Montana. earlier Hannah one Montana. of my favourite classic childhood films absolutely love that yeah and let's not forget the Disney uh, use it that that as a feeding channel for their for their new talent like, like the young young artists oh, just, yeah. just like Justin Timberlake yeah. I guess yeah but yeah. There's, there's numerous artists that have well that Disney have launched worldwide stars yeah off I mean, of it's, yeah. it's a hustle yeah. it's a definite hustle I mean, <laughs> Disney's conquering child music at a point and then Justin Bieber came and sort of threw a absolutely they're rocking that what's spider. that line from that Disney movie that we just watched Utopia it's called oh Hustle. yeah it's great sweetheart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright moving further into the crossover between film and music Spotify is launching their twelve ninety nine per month bundle with Hulu in the US so are you guys familiar with Hulu yes yeah yeah. What about I mean, we can't use it. I mean, yeah. But for me, Hulu, it's like Netflix, right? Yeah. For me, Hulu was always like watching Family Guy clips on YouTube right. because they'd upload it. I wasn't really familiar that they were oh. sort of like a streaming service, but okay. they are. And I think they date back for quite long. We never had it on this side of the pond, but I think it's quite established. So they have a solid the like US. YouTube channel as well. That's just the way I remember it. Like it was mm-hmm. Hulu, and then it was like a little snippet from Family Guy. And that was like the best high definition quality family on YouTube because no, nah, not on YouTube. It's no. like but they they do that on their server service, I guess. So, do we want this in the UK? Like, yes. do we want this concept? Definitely of partnering why, up with a streaming. Why service? not? I mean, it's a it's a really good price, isn't it? Like twelve dollars ninety nine. Yeah, it saves you a bit if you want to. It have. saves you a bit, and everybody. I feel like everybody uses Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is. Yeah, everyone streams movies. Everyone streams music. So yeah. why why not pay something cheaper to yeah. get both? Everyone loves a package deal. Everyone loves a package deal. Is, it, know, is it an important selling do. point for you? Like getting two things for the price of one? Absolutely. I mean. In America, if you bought those two packages separately, it'd be eighteen dollars a month. So they're offering it twelve ninety nine. Oh shit! Look who's been doing his research. You know, out there. <laughs> so uh, you know that's quite a saving. But you know, the question is, where is that saving coming from? True. You know, are we paying enough for our streaming services anyway? 
Uh, well, I don't want to pay any more. But that being said, I think I get tremendous amounts of value from what I get. Right. So it's just about me being, you know, you don't want to part with your cash. Uh, well, I did, though, upgrade from regular Netflix to regular, like, to Netflix UHD, ultra high def. Yo! Not that long ago. Uh, would, you get, would you get I don't know why. Definition. Yeah, you get, like, full definition. Why did you do that? Out of interest? I don't know. It's a slight bump up in price. And, uh, How much? Well, my Netflix is Norwegian, so I paid, like, right. maybe I paid, like, 100 kroner and now I pay like 129 or something so that's a bit of a hike it's like 30% hike (laughs) yeah it's like 10 pounds 10 pounds 12 pounds um so it's a bit of a hike so who do you guys stream with at the moment who do you music stream with and who do you for me it is Spotify all the way it's really weird actually because I am a fan of Apple but for me I love Spotify because I just think I just th- I like the social aspect of it. Like I really kind of like seeing what my friends are listening to. I love their daily mixes. I love their Discover page, and I just think I was on Spotify before, and I was getting that sweet student discount four ninety nine month, yeah. which is absolutely nothing in my it's opinion. A steal my back in the day. Do you remember when we used to pay like ten ninety nine for an album on iTunes, and yeah, now four ninety nine per month? I mean mental yeah right so i mean and obviously netflix that's what i use to stream movies yeah and what about you then spotify yeah and interestingly on the package deal front it's free through vodafone oh shit spotify is yeah i get it free in my contract so and i think this is like something that a lot of phone companies are doing Mm. you know tagging streaming services onto the back of phone contracts yeah um to sweeten the deal yeah and i think those millennials what are they like streaming music on their phones them in yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was my 1950s advertiser's guide it's a character i'm working on (laughs) so what do you use to watch your movies and your series is it netflix all the way do you know what uh i've got netflix at home um but it's i to use my uh, my family's uh, login so but it is Netflix uh, but it is Netflix yeah. I'm guilty I'm using I mean, it at the moment yeah. I like Netflix is such a like must have at this point like if you don't have Netflix what are you doing what are you doing yeah. what, like, how do you watch TV anymore yeah. like Ollie you don't have daytime yeah, television just, I, you don't have channels thing, the only thing I have in this flat is in this flat flat is a smart TV and then I have a I have a DVD player for the sole reason of watching Studio Ghibli films. because, <laughs> because That's my DVD player. Yeah, it's actually George. Old school. Uh, but it's because he didn't want them to be streamed for some reason, and then I had to go and buy a DVD player and some DVDs. Obviously, they make more money off of that. But, yeah, you do that so, for the um, you love. Would this type of package deal make you switch? And which would make you switch? So if you had Spotify and Ooh. Apple Music announced that they were doing this with Netflix and you get both for 11 quid... Um, um, would you switch or if, or vice versa if sort of yeah what am I trying to say if Netflix I get what you're saying oh, yeah, I get, I get, well, would you jump platforms if, if you're opposed if you're, to platform yeah. for this package yeah um, I would trial the other streaming platform first so if Spotify offered you to get I mean it wouldn't happen but like let's say that they offered you to get I mean in this case they're offering you Hulu Right, yeah. that Hulu was in the UK. Would you do it? Would you do it? I would. Tr- I'd trial it. And would you ask your Netflix for that, or would it just be in? If I like to trial, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it depends because I actually don't have Netflix because I just use my mum's and Ollie's, <laughs> both both wherever Which I am. Life? 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do need to get my own. Obviously, it's not that. It's not that much, but I haven't justified it yet. Mm. Um, I feel like I haven't got Netflix yet, so. I'd be tempted to kind of if they if Spotify were like look we're, we're launching with Hulu or whatever I'd probably just go for Hulu because I don't have Netflix I just use yours but I don't know would if I had Netflix would I get Hulu as well yeah why not they have more shows and stuff so why not have more variety I guess yeah would you get it instead of which one say all getting very confusing <laughs> Would you get Hulu instead of Netflix? Like, if they if they offer the package, would you then drop your Netflix package? It depends what shows are on Hulu, because, yeah. like, I have probably have some shows that I really want from Netflix, and it depends if Hulu has those shows, yeah. or if they're offering way more, or kind of the same. I, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to look into it. Those Netflix originals are getting hella good. Oh, they so are. Good. <laughs> very, very good. Yeah, Can we name one? The Fool? The We've Fool, We've been watching The yeah. Fool. Bit weird. Very weird. But pretty good. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Mm. Uh, it's recommended uh, if you don't have it. I think it's an interesting time for media as a whole, mm. and it sort of ties us neatly into our next topic Ooh. that we want to talk about. Get into the get into a bit is how is streaming so Spotify, Apple Music, and new media, whether that be podcasting, YouTube, or watching Netflix, impacting the future of radio. Ah, radio. Yeah. Go on, Ben. Your true love, right, Ben? The old school airwaves. Yeah. (laughs) Would you prefer FM or AM? Dab. Dab. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the question. Yeah. You know, because, you know, does, does radio still matter? Well, as much as it used to. Well, with, with with all these streaming services and these incredibly convenient packages lying around now. Yeah, I'm bundles and everything, it. right? <laughs> I'm not sure it does. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, radio has always been, well, especially kind of since the start of the music industry, it's been radio, TV, press. Yeah. They are three main outlets to break uh, break your eyes you know and, and kind of get everyone out there and let everyone know about your product yeah now we have loads of different other outlets yeah where we can kind of get people engaged with music yep so how is it affecting radio well I think radio one are definitely feeling the pinch yeah mm. you know like how I mean you speak to a lot any teenagers at the moment or anyone under the age of 25 you know, when was the last time they put the radio on? Yeah. You know, probably definitely been more than six months, I imagine. I think it was quite interesting. Um, I think last year, the head of Radio One uh, were at, was asked, what is Radio One's biggest competitor? And he said, Minecraft. Oh. Which is sort of like a, such a left of center <laughs> for what you would expect like five yeah. years ago. Because basically that's the situation now every form of media is in competition with every other form of media. Mm. Yeah. Apart from the CEO of Netflix who was asked the same question and he said sleep. <laughs> Which is just something you can't compete with. But like, that's a, that's a good problem to have. Like, Very true. Who's your main competitor? Sleep. The concept of sleep. <laughs> God. I mean, yeah, it's sort of getting accurate. to the point like, radio played such a key role, I think, because it was the first accessible sort of form of media mm. like you, and you can have it in your car and you could do something 
while you were driving. It was a way to keep you entertained. Obviously, the car changed when you were cooking. Like, it's a hands-free, like, and it can be anywhere. It fills the house. Like, it's, it's... it's accessible from every angle. You don't have to sit in front of it. It's, it could just be somewhere and, uh, it's accessible. However, everything is now. Yeah. It's everything's so easy. Like if you're a radio channel, you have to compete with my ability to watch YouTube videos while I'm making food Yeah, or being on the bus. I mean, any any time I don't actually need my eyes free to see that I'm not bumping into something, I can be entertained by what could arguably be defined as a more engaging engaging yeah. medium yeah yeah which is you know radio has been making a push recently to go more online and produce more content which i think they're right in doing however with the advent of you know platforms like youtube that have enabled them to do so it's enabled everyone else as well yeah like how important of a tastemaker is is radio now? well i think I mean, it's always been... They've always had the most important DJs, the most important tastemakers mm. to make these educated decisions on what is going to be the next hottest thing. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, they still are choosing the stuff that is hot. But it's hot because yeah. it's getting hot online. Yeah. I don't, I don't think at the moment that many radio DJs are finding the stuff before the online community. Yeah. And is that sort of a hindrance to them as well? Because previously you didn't have to be like, if you were a plugger, you didn't have to be like, oh, my act has this many followers online and gets this many views on YouTube. And then now that that is sort of the conversation, every plugger says that to try to get their stuff on online. uh, It sort of becomes more of like, they're actually waiting until something is established as hot right yeah before before it goes on and in some point, ways yeah if you're really into the culture like with me and hip-hop i don't discover hip-hop on radio ever that has never happened yeah for the last 10 years i get it on youtube like no jumper adam 22 is a major tastemaker and who gets hot like he had xxx tentacion on his podcast way before anybody was playing it on yeah on radio dj academics is way more of an important person than a lot of radio hosts i mean the people that have been able to do it is like uh, the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne, and they've always had a really strong presence mm-hmm. online, and uh, and they're sort of staying relevant. But yeah, it feels like for new music, especially um, radio, is very much reactive, yeah, rather than proactive, yeah, because they don't want to take as many risks, yeah, you know, on online the people make the decision don't they to yeah. find it and then it gets hot and then the DJs pick up on it but I suppose that is always how it's been because acts would have, would grow from the underground yeah and you know rather than these days we have a we have we can measure it easily through YouTube views and streams whereas back then it would be how many tickets are they selling yeah or you know our fans queuing on the corner to get into their 100 cap gig yeah and then there's 200 cap gig and then there's 500 cap gig and then you know kind of word gets to London and then suddenly Radio 1 plays it yeah and then it blows up yeah so what I wanted to ask you guys what so Georgie what is your current relationship with radio I mean for me like I I drive so when I'm in the car I I will often stream from Spotify but occasionally 
I do stick the radio on and I do feel like that's still a thing that people do all the time so I think cars and radio just have this really strong link and I think people still listen to the radio in their car all the time um however apart from that it's pretty much I really don't listen to it I kind of might stick it on before a night out with my friends because I feel like we are going to go on to that in a bit, aren't we? Charts. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the charts have this strong link with, with going out with your friends still because all the clubs still play the chart music. With partying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that's still a really strong link. So if I was if I was getting ready to go out with my with my friends, I might stick the radio on. Yeah. But apart from those two times, I really don't I really don't play it anymore. I definitely don't use it to discover music. Yeah. So what about you, Ben? You work in radio, mm. but how often do you actually listen to it? Not as often as I probably should do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Go if on. you feel free to say no. Yeah. But is it on in the office? Um, I mean, feel free to don't answer that. Probably, like, it's probably on for maybe a couple hours a day. Yeah. Um, however, we were actually discussing this the other day. Um, we should probably have the radio on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One would think that you should. You know, we. I mean, we obviously know the network's kind of back to front anyway. But I think if you're li- if you're listening to it every day, if you're living and breathing it every day. You know, I mean, that's the best way to truly know it inside out, I guess. Yeah, yeah true. And, you know, and then have uh, so another concept we discussed was having uh, different, having a different station every day. So, you yeah. know, like, you know, we'd, do, we'd, we'd, we'd literally work through all the major networks and each day we'd listen to a different one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you'd have this kind of holistic understanding of what the kind of radio landscape's looking like. What it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, where you could see stuff kind of living yeah. in terms of getting, getting plays. Yeah. Um, but even us working radio, we we've got Spotify on. Yeah, you know because oh there is God. nothing. You know, New Music Friday is on every Friday. Yeah, you know that is the hottest way to find out who's dropping tunes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, you know, and what's going to be what's going to be huge. Mm. Yeah, um, which is just something that Spotify is offering over <clears throat> radio. Now, radio still does the. Kind of the, the the chart, yeah. But that's not like nothing like New Music Friday. No, I did used yeah. to love the charts. I used to put it on every Sunday, right? And I used to kind of have it on in the car, and I I loved kind of seeing who climbed, and that was a big thing for me. I always put that on every Sunday, and now it's just like I just really don't really mind. So that's another thing that yeah. I wanted to touch on: is do the charts still matter? In particular, does the radio charts matter? I think they do. I mean, it matters from a point of income because you get plays, you get money yeah. in your pocket. But for us as consumers, do we care about what's, you know, number one on the chart? I mean, people, I mean, it's a good way of finding out what everyone else is listening to. And, yeah. you know, when you're talking about mass market music, pop music popular music yeah you know that's exactly what pop music is yeah what is everyone listening to um chances are other other people are gonna like it too yeah but the, from a listener standpoint though there's so many other indicators of what other people are, are listening to yeah to the point where do you actually need to have a confirmation from the radio charts that you know p- people are playing the new Lil Dicky and Chris Brown song like you're gonna notice it anyway with especially with online culture Memes are a great indicator of what people are listening to. Yeah, that's very true. Definitely, I think um, 
what's quite interesting as well is the the viral charts. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And that definitely is a way of seeing what's kind of blowing up and you don't just get your usual pop music cropping up in there either. You get yeah. a, a much wider range of genres yeah. um, that are seeing, you know, thousands and thousands of streams a day. Yeah. And that's really that's really kind of reactive as well. Like that changes daily. Mm. Um, and I think what's quite interesting as well is how much streaming is affecting the charts. Yeah. And obviously the way that we count streams based against downloads. Yeah. Which yeah, is three hundred to one at the moment, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, which is a lot. Yeah. Jesus. How many times do you when you download a song? How many times do you think you actually listen to it? Yeah, well, that week, say, it's kind of on a weekly basis, you might listen to it a few times a day, maybe, I guess, the first week you buy it. When we yeah. say downloading, do you mean on Spotify, on say? On uh, no, on iTunes. So just iTunes? You buy a track on you iTunes. You know when you save on Spotify, and that's, that's like part of your library. Thing that's not the that's same thing, That's not the same thing, is it? That's not the No, because they, they count that, so they're like, let's say you were offline. Because mm. I read about this over the summer, they're like, offline reporting had stalled the progress of the charts because right. when people listen to it offline it's not counted until that person goes online again right. and then the plays go into the charts okay. and then you know people that's interesting get your money so who, da- who, so who does download do you guys download then no I do on a rare occasion if it's a band that I want to support like someone up and coming if it's an artist that I want to support I buy it mm. to put some money in their pocket or whatever Mm, that's nice. And I, I still listen to it. Yeah, I know, I'm such a great guy. <laughs> and the other thing is if I want to use it for something. Yeah. If I want to that's put it in the video, the if, I want, yeah, I want the, if I want the file, uh, then I do. But yeah, that conversation sort of brings us into like, what should radio do to stay relevant in the future? What's the sort of foreseeable way out of this sort of well, struggle that they're having at the moment? On the, like, the BBC iPlayer app, you know, I think that, I mean, I remember when they launched that. And I thought, yeah, that's a great move. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the, the exclusive content they're putting on there now, like the additional podcasts from the presenters, you know, mm. is really great because they're, they're moving the focus into the personality of the DJs a little yeah. bit more by offering exclusive content like that, um, which I think is really good. Yeah. Because um, I think it gives people a driver to actually listen to and engage with radio. Yeah, because it's hard, I think it's really hard for radio to try and keep up with the music offering that Spotify yeah. is offering. Yeah, I think so too. So they have to different, differentiate a little bit more. Yeah, um, but obviously it's still a lot about the music. And how do you feel podcasting is threatening radio? Is it? Does it compete in the same lane? Um, I think it's in there. I think YouTubers are probably doing more to yeah disturb what's going on there. Yeah, um, because you're getting. The, that visual content as well as the audio content yeah. yeah which is why radio started bringing in the kind of in-studio cameras and yeah which is why a lot like of podcasts also vodcast they film the right thing and upload it to youtube but yeah. it has tons of views for some reason i never actually so, watched a podcast yeah. i have watched I it actually because I, I think it's quite fun to see people's facial expressions all right we might have to include that for next time though yeah <laughs> <laughs> what i would think would be really interesting when it comes to podcasting is that yeah, it's kind of like having your own radio show, but you're a bit limited in the sense that, yeah, yeah we don't have a studio facility. If the if the sound is a bit shit, then it is, sorry, this is grassroots podcasting. <laughs> but we also don't have the possibility of, you know, playing what's hot at the moment, what we want to talk right. about, unless we critique it and 
play fair use, which is valid. Yeah. Um, but I would think that it would be extremely interesting if, let's say, that Apple Music or Spotify, who have now allowed for podcasting on their platform, developed a system in which I, as a podcaster, could record this and put sort of points where, when th- at this point, I want this song to be played on Spotify. And that sort of works quite oh, yeah. elegantly because from Spotify and from the artist's point of view, royalties, all that is being handled by Spotify. You have a Spotify uh, subscription. You listen to my podcast. On my podcast, we play a song. Spotify, because of your revenue, you're paying mm-hmm. Spotify. Money actually goes to the artist instead of having to pay a license yeah. for a podcast, which I'm not I really even sure cool. how happens. I think that would, that would be really cool. And at that's that point, you could really move into the idea of you know being your own radio station because then you have access to all the music in the world. Yeah. Well, I suppose and that's why. Because like, I don't think anybody wants to... I mean, some people want to play music and not have to pay for it. But I would want to... If I played music on my show, I'd want, want the copyright holders to to get paid for it. And I think yeah. if Spotify was able to offer me that sort of solution, then that would be great. So yeah. Spotify, if you're listening... Holla at your boy, <laughs> give me a job, and we can develop that solution. <laughs> and they could look at a similar license to, well, hopefully it'd be better than YouTube's license, but I mean, yeah, you should have a blanket license, don't they? Like yeah. pretty much for any copyright content you upload, yeah. it detects it and then it pays the rights holders. Yeah. Um, or it removes you. Or it removes you, yeah. Yeah. Um, Classic shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting point, for, especially for Spotify. Like, what is really my what Spotify's USP for getting me to choose Spotify as where I want to put my podcast other than having that sort of if they have that service then obviously why wouldn't I podcast with Spotify yeah, yeah. that's very true yeah. Spotify get on get it come through <laughs> when we talk about streaming we talk a lot about Spotify and we talk about a lot of Apple Music but I think we should also talk oh a bit about Tidal <sighs> because where are we now how long has Tidal been a thing three years now three years from like that can we start calling it a failure? Or I, I did say this earlier. I feel like Tidal is much more relevant in the US. Why? I just... So, I'll tell you why, actually. Because on Instagram the other day, Ooh. I saw a girl that I follow from the US post a new track that her friend was releasing. And she was like, available to download now on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and Tidal. And yeah. I was like, interesting. Because if, you know, one of our friends put a tune up, we wouldn't put like, oh, available on Spotify, Tidal, no. and Apple Music. We just, no. we, we wouldn't do that. So it made me think, okay, interesting. Maybe it's, you know, more relevant in the US. I'm not saying it's going crazy over there, but I feel like it probably is. I'm not sure. The U.S. is a bit like it is a different place. We don't. I don't mm. feel like we always know what we know what's going on culturally. We know you know what music is being played there, but we don't know exactly what people use to to listen to it. Like no. Pandora, yeah, yeah, yeah right. can't be sure. But with title, I mean, maybe they're bigger in the U.S. because they're fronted by Jay Z, an American. But they are originally a Norwegian company. It was Wimp was the service his name when it was acquired okay. uh, by uh, Black Panther Limited which I think is JC's holding company but what's been 
what's our impression of title from the sort of beginning to now? Do you remember when title was announced? I remember it was then. huge when it was announced. Yeah. It was a load of A-list celebrities standing on the same stage, you know, telling us how incredible, how they were going to revolutionize the music industry. Yeah. And how they all needed more money. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Kanye and Dead Mouse <laughs> yeah. yeah. more money. Let's give that man some more money. Yeah. Um, he's just, you know, he's just underpaid. <laughs> he deserves more. Yeah. Um, Did you believe the hype? I was interested to see how the hype would be received. Did I believe the hype? Um, no, but was I open to, for it being a, a huge success? Absolutely. Did you trial it? Didn't trial it. Did I you? did. I think I did because um, because obviously you couldn't listen to certain artists unless you listened on Tidal. Yeah. Who, who was it? That I got the trial when Kanye West released Life of Pablo. Yeah, I remember that you did that. I think I might have done the same thing. And I listened to it and I was underworld with the album and then I cancelled my trial. Yeah. It was one of the rare instances where I've actually trialed the service and not ended up. My brother did exactly the same. And then it came on Spotify anyway. So like what was and now Jay Z's album isn't on it. But like that's just hurting Jay Z. Like I'm living without four forty four. I've watched the best songs on YouTube. They have good music videos. I think that's cool. Yeah. But I don't need title to I listen to I don't think that. they needed to do that. I think that was, there was a load of, you know, what, what word am I trying to say? Um, it was really controversial when they were like, oh, you know, you can listen to Kanye West's new album, but you need to go to Tidal. And I think loads yeah, of fans were really Beyonce pissed and stuff, off about that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it really annoyed people. Yeah, and it was more expensive, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, there they, was, there wasn't a freemium option. It was more expensive, actually, because we did a presentation on Tidal. Do you remember in the first year of uni? Yeah. And we uni. were... Yeah, we, we did a lot of research on it, and it, it is, like, one of the most expensive... Because didn't they have this thing where they were like, our oh, audio quality is a lot higher than the other streaming platforms yeah and we were like uh okay then we looked into it not really it's quite interesting because like on that lineup of celebrities musicians I don't remember exactly who was on that stage but what do we think the sort of young like the youngest artist on that stage was I don't I can't remember there being a young per, like a young artist no on they were all top of the game yeah like, and they're all sort of artists that have experienced a time in which everybody paid for music yeah. that's true yeah so they they thought probably okay we're going to launch a service and we're going to return to everybody paying for music yeah what they didn't account for is that they have loads of fans who have freemium they have yeah. free Spotify yeah and they we all grow up with actually we're, we don't notice the transaction of money when we listen to music no like it just goes it magically disappears from your bank account and you listen to whatever music you want to yeah, yeah. Uh, or you just don't pay for it you get freemium and you have to listen to a couple of ads I don't think ever Lil Pump would have you know Lil expected Pump. anybody to pay to listen to his music I don't no. think it's something he thinks about no I think he, he you know he notices when people come up to a show and he sees the money from that and he, you know he, he notices that he gets YouTube revenue and Spotify revenue and all of that but he probably also grew up in a day like in the age of LimeWire yeah. and and all that and we just sort of I think we the younger generation then just sort of pushed back and said what are we paying for music now I mean yeah we are but we don't want to know that we're paying for it yeah and Brian proof of that is when Life of Pablo was released yeah um, you know and Jay-Z tried to force everyone's hand to go and download Tidal the effect that that had was that it was the most uh, pirated album of the year yeah it went bootleg platinum it, I think they had like over yeah it had over 500,000 downloads yeah, very quickly illegally so uh, could we could we say that this like 
do we think it's going to keep on going in the future? Interestingly, Sprint, which is a US telecommunications provider like Vodafone, yeah, has bought shares in it uh, right. in order to sort of do that thing where you know they offer title to their customers. Yeah, which I think could be great for them. I think that, I think that could be a great move because people yeah. would more. I think people would prefer to have free title with a phone contract than take their phone contract and pay for a streaming service. Yeah, yeah. So I think that could be a good business move for title. But I mean, I was looking at recent news on title. Um, anyway, just see what's kind of like bubbling around in 2018 about title. Dead Mouse just dropped an album on it exclusively. Hi. Um, but. I think only because they pay for his tour. Yeah. That's um, I mean, and Kanye West has had a massive falling out with Tidal. Yeah, God. He no longer respects the vision. He doesn't mm. fuck with the vision. Would you say that this whole thing's had a negative knock-on on Jay-Z and the other artists involved? Brand? I don't think so. Like, maybe slightly, but I just think they are so... They're at this point in their career where they're so famous and everybody still, I feel, idolizes them or... Or there's other stuff going on around Jay-Z that, you know, people just forget about Tidal. I think a lot of people in the music industry do just kind of forget about Tidal and don't really link him to it that much. I mean, I would never centre sort of a rollout campaign about Tidal or anything. But I think it's interesting with Jay-Z because he was always viewed as, you know, this like... Like he had like this sixth sense for good business. And I watched um, David Letterman's Netflix series over the weekend... uh, which is called My Next Guest Doesn't Need an Introduction or something like that, where he's interviewed, you know, Obama, George Clooney, Malala, and Jay-Z. And interestingly, in this, like, one hour and 20-minute long interview, title wasn't mentioned once. Mm. Mm. It's your biggest business venture to date in what is a huge interview with a very, very well-known interviewer on a huge content distribution platform, and you don't mention that at all. Like what does that say about JC's confidence in title? Clearly. Well, it not. wasn't the storming success, I think. No, it to be, wasn't he it? wanted it to be way more successful. Than right, now, I think he is tainted with the, uh, well, how successful it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and kind of quietly trying to brush it into the carpet. Yeah. So maybe we should say that title's future may not be looking so bright. No. However, get ready for this great segue. One future that is very bright, oh, though, which you can't avoid... <laughs> Because it's been so major, is the Walmart yodeling boy? How did this happen, and how could what we a sensation? Avoid it? What an absolute sensation! Yeah, what a ledge! Big fan. I think it's so interesting that, like, in 2018, this kid basically just put on his best cowboy gear, headed down to Walmart, <laughs> and managed to get the whole world to sing along in this song from like 1955 or something. Everybody I mean, going lovesick blue. <laughs> Oh dear! I was going to say that in his interview with Ellen. Yeah, it's crazy. He, he, he got to Ellen, guys. He's been to Coachella. Yes, yeah, Coachella. That. That's that's selfie with that's Bieber. Mental. But anyway, aside from that, he did say on his Ellen interview that he goes to Walmart because it's the only store we have, or whatever. He was like, "I go there. I go there all the time to to sing to yodel to the you know people in Walmart." So he must have done it. I'm, I reckon quite a few times. Yeah, he yeah. must have. Yeah. And he's he's clearly got fans where he's from. I mean, and then one of them was just like, you know what? He deserves to be on the internet. And then 
we all went a bit and mad for it, didn't we? Like, I don't know how many X million views it has. At the I haven't actually checked that out. Well, I think it's just this meme culture mm. of finding, you know, things hilarious. Yeah. And then kind of rocketing it to stardom. I think it is hilarious, but I also think he is talented. Uh, ben does not agree. <laughs> what do I you think? Do you not think he has a good singing voice for his age? And I don't think his selling point is his singing voice. Not as his image, but I think, I think really? he yodels think pretty well. Oh, I think it's just it's funny, isn't it? Are you an expert in yodeling, Ben? Absolutely not. So you know. Hey, hey! I don't doubt that you can yodel. He well. can yodel pretty little hard out. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, for me, I wasn't like kind of blown away by this. Someone sent me it, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, I'm I didn't not get that it at first. first. But then everybody talks about it. Everyone sings it, aka you and your cousin Ina. Yeah. Slash flatmate. Every time I came in the door, they were singing this bloody song. And I was just like, oh my god. And it just sticks in your brain. We have been singing it the entire weekend. Yeah. Because it's just, <laughs> and the whole family has, and like everybody, the whole, the whole family was singing. She do me, she do you. Yeah, we even made a remix, yeah. and then and then on the topic of music, when a meme like this happens, there's all the remixes of the yeah. original. Yeah, putting the club all this remix. like yeah. massive, yeah, like club yeah, tune. Funny. So it just goes, it goes a bit mental, doesn't it? You reckon anybody's making any money off of this? Somebody owns the rights to that song. God, oh I mean, God. I mean, there must be money, some money somewhere. I mean, okay, like maybe it hasn't generated any actual money into this Yodel kid's pocket. Other than that, I know Walmart offered to pay for him for scholarship to go to college. Oh, oh really? Which is pretty amazing because you think about cool. how much oh, PR Walmart has gotten out of the situation, yeah. how much this has been worth to them. Yeah, absolutely basically profiting off of somebody else's copyright. That's true. Should Walmart cut a check to Hank Williams' estate and EMI, I think, has their publishing. I don't think so. EMI? Is it EMI? But it's an interesting interesting, uh, conversation to have because... You know, did he have a license to be performing in Walmart? Oh, shit. Is it covered by Walmart's license? There's probably a few angles that could be taken on this, I imagine. Yeah, if you wanted to be be a really annoying copyright lawyer, maybe send this Which I imagine there probably is, there is someone out there being that that person. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, all of a sudden we had this bit of a cultural moment where everybody was, like, singing along to a country song. I think we urban young people forget that country is massive in America huge and people are playing stadium tours sold out stadium tours singing about their pickup truck and uh, do you, yeah so could this kid have a future in the world of country music I think so I think so too definitely yeah. with the right management with the definitely. right branding definitely keeping it going for a bit could he be Justin like the Justin Bieber of the country, country world yeah <laughs> Hopefully Justin without the maybe. Hopefully without all the issues. I think I think um, it will have definitely picked up some uh, industry years. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I mean somebody would have offered this kid a recording deal. At definitely. Point, you, let's not forget there are artists who are massively successful selling out arena tours just in Texas. Yeah, and they yeah. never leave. Yeah, they just keep touring Texas. Texas is massive, like, and they love country music. Yeah. yeah. So if if someone can kind of just 
take on take on the yodel kids market them correctly get some smash hits going yeah absolutely I can see it because the platform's there isn't it yeah Yeah, definitely it's interesting alright I think we're going to cap it off right there it's been great to to have you guys it's the first ever guest on the podcast thank you so much Georgie Baradale and Ben (laughs) follow them on social media follow us on social media off record pod (laughs) Uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, listen to this podcast every week. Hopefully, we'll have something new for you. Subscribe. Take your friend's phone by force and make them subscribe to the podcast. Do whatever you can to spread it like a virus. And I'll check in with you guys next time. Thank you so much. Woo! Woo!